Hey, Gabe. Hey. Oh, let me put <laughs> let me put my microphone next to my face. How's that? <laughs> that sounds better. <clears throat> hey, hey, Gabe. <laughs> hey, Jeff. <laughs> How's it going? Um, pretty good. Busy. Uh, yeah, it's been a busy weekend so far. Um, having a a uh, little bit of a uh, fun time watching the Tour de France, but uh, that's winding up. Hmm. And uh, bikes, right? That's, bike, that's yeah, that's, bi- that's bicycles. Bikes. It's bicycles. Bicycles. And um, yeah, doing lawn work, got all that stuff out of the way, just so I could drink this beer that you've. Uh, this is a this is an intimidating beer. You didn't that you have sent. any plans for the rest of the day, did you? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> Maybe play Rocket League on my PS4 in, okay. a, in a drunken stupor. Yeah, yeah uh, I've I've, I've uh, set aside a, a relatively small. Um, Tulip glass for this. Oh, I actually have an official <laughs> an official Shime glass, which official. is yeah, it says Shime on the side and it has gold around the li- the lip of it, and it's made for beers like this. But it's a little intimidating because it's probably bigger than twelve ounces. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't plan on filling it up. All right, but, so so why don't we tell people what we're what we're talking well, about? Well, y- you tell me. What you sent me because I've never heard of this before. It is a, a Belgian, yeah. yeah, and it is. It has a picture of a guy who looks like an old grandpappy. Yeah, which is pretty funny. What is going on <laughs> here? I don't. Know. I'm probably going to murder the pronunciation on this pronunciation. Um, <laughs> Ertel, Ertel, Ertel. Ert, let's say Ertel. Ertel. Uh, Ertel yeah. Samaranth. Yes, which uh, is a quad. It is a quad. Um, Brewed in Flanders. Uh, yes. It is 11%. 11 and a half. Oh, it is. Don't forget just, that half. It, it that, just that, says that, 11.0 that, on my bottle. It's the, it's the half that'll really do you in. <laughs> it'll put me over the it's edge. It's that last, last half percent that really gets you. Yeah. This is a traditionally top fermented and bottle conditioned amber special ale. Yes. Huh. Yes. And this is, a, I think, a brewer that was... Um, it's a it's a, a relatively new Belgian brewery, but from a brewer that has experience brewing at other like Flanders breweries. So uh, lots of and then I believe she was a like an engineer or something like that, or got a degree in engineering, and then what? specialized in in like brewing techniques and stuff. So that's super cool. I love that that kind of like aspect of bringing in modern engineering into uh, you know traditional beer making. And they make some really good beers. <laughs> Do they really? I've never even heard of them. Um, yeah. I'm kind of cracking up over this label because I, I can't really figure out what's going on. Um, this little man in a, it looks like a Amelia Earhart hat with a big spoon in a circle. I, I don't, I don't really understand their labels, but I, don't. I love them because okay. I don't, I don't know if this is, this is, they call it uh quadrium ale. Quadrium, it's a quad. yeah. Yeah. Which is basically uh, lots of alcohol. Like I, that, that's what it means, right? You have the double, the triple, and the quad, and the quad is on the higher end. And I think that had something to do with, like, the, at one point in history, uh, long ago, they had to mark the barrels with, with some indication of percent alcohol in them or something like that, probably for tax purposes or something. Yeah, probably. Or and just so uh, quads are usually sweet, high alcohol. Delicious. Yeah, um, I'm a big. F- I dangerous. Used to, um, yeah, exactly. I used to regrettable. Um, 
<laughs> Hopefully not. Um, I used to be a huge fan of quads. They were like, um, they were kind of, it took a little bit to get into because they're, they tend to be very sweet. Yeah. Um, or they can be very sweet. Um, they do age uh, really well. Uh, although this one is probably typical of them is, is that for me, at least, uh, the, the head tends to dissipate pretty quickly, mm-hmm. which, which I don't really mind, um, yeah. at all. Uh, and it, it, it's kind of hard to avoid with 11 and percent alcohol. Yeah, that's right? true. The alcohol really kills the head on, on beers. But, uh, with that said, they're also usually pretty bready. Yes. Lots of, lots of, um, lots of the grain and yeast comes through in them. Yeah, I'm trying to see. There's a. There so this thing to, looks great. Man. It does. That it's kind of that copper, uh, yeah, like, um, date looking. Yeah, exactly. Like color a, to kind it. of a plummy yeah. smell to it. Yeah, this oh, is. Oh man, isn't that, <laughs> that smell is amazing? like a brandy nose on it. Mm-hmm. Brandy, figs, uh, fruits, like dried yeah. fruit type thing. Wow. I'm gonna drink it. Holy I'm smokes! Drinking it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. That's and yep. some spice in it. Wow. This is gonna make me. Oh, so it cola. reminds me a lot of uh, Abbott ABT Abbott Twelve mm-hmm. by yeah. Saint Bernardus. That kind of figgy, mm. f- like fruit. It's almost like a fruit cake with a little bit of spice at the end. There. Yeah. It's it definitely has that sweetness to it. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's this like you is... took caramel and um, rolled it in brown sugar. Dipped yeah. it in brandy and then shoved it in an apple and baked it, maybe? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I would describe it as, which yeah. sounds really delicious and I bet is a mainstay of some county fair somewhere. But mm-hmm. oh, but that, imagine that now in a beverage. Yeah, with a little bit of uh, kind of that, that uh, carbon dioxide mm. twang on your tongue after you finish it. And it just wow, is. Wow, that is astounding. There's so much in that. Yeah. Where, where did you find this? Uh, I've, I've seen. Seen them around for years. Like, yeah, I've never at my seen beer them. stores here. So interesting. They're pretty common. Mo- most people in, most people listening to this podcast could probably find an Ertel. 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 I keep thinking Urkel from that old show. That's a U R T H E L. Ertel. Ertel. But or I Ertel. don't think that's how could it's actually Ertel. pronounced. Yeah, I mean it's it's Flemish. Ertel. No oh, man, now you're going. Hmm. Now you're sounding like a pro. A pro beer drinker. Yeah, so <laughs> my, my plans for the day are Too relatively non-serious after that's, this. That's Yeah, that's probably a good plan. <laughs> good. Although you cork your beers, right? So I do. Oh, I'm you, definitely you, saving. <laughs> yeah. and, and for the listeners at home, I sent Jeff a bomber of this. Yeah, it's, it's a big one. So, so this is a huge bottle of 11.5% beer. Yeah, this is going to be, well, I mean, I think... Uh, it's something I'll sip on all day, and my wife is probably going to drink some of it too. Hmm. So, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be good. Yeah, so, no, I'm not doing anything important today. Let's let's put it that <laughs> way. I'm probably maybe going to clean some windows and uh, do some stuff around the house, and then once the beer wears off, I might take my kid to the movies or something I, like I that. Can't wait to see how how smeary those windows end up being when you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be. Be like that guy on the side of the highway with newspaper <laughs> spitting on him, rubbing exactly. it in there. Good enough. Yeah, that's fine. You can see out of it. So, uh, what are you thinking about today? Hmm. What's on your mind? I think we should plan our future live on the show. 
Well, that sounds like it should be pretty easy. Uh, I don't see where there'd be a problem. Yeah. It gets easier the more you drink this beer, too. <laughs> yeah. It all makes sense when you drink this beer. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about uh, that, you know, we I think we talked about to-do lists how many times? Uh, I don't know. A dozen? A, a dozen, hundred. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the one category that's usually not well captured or understood or discussed or thought about the, really yeah because it goes on that that super convenient uh someday list man yep. that's a convenient list to have it right? is i you love that list dump the, everything there it's right at you the know, bottom it's one step above deleting it <laughs> but still keeping it <laughs> well it's like i'm not ready to delete it because i might do this someday because yeah. it's really important so uh, like all yeah. the all the personal stuff of like planning for retirement um Planning for your child's education, like what are you going to do with your house? Like what? It, what are your personal goals that aren't captured by projects? Yeah, you know, that kind of you, stuff. You threw this out a while back. And life goals. I, yeah, life goals, and it really kind of threw me for a loop. Um, because while I, I guess you have them, and they're kind of in the back of your mind a lot of times. You're I guess never, I have them. Well, you meaning a person. I think a person has what they would consider goals um, in the back of their mind. But it, when you start thinking about it and thinking about how you would articulate it and how you would talk about it, you, f- you realize that they're really not <laughs> they're not as solid as you thought they were. Um, yeah, they're pretty hard to define, first yeah. of all. Yeah, like, well, they're hard to define. But then... Uh, you know, uh, just me being me, I o- always think about like, you know, you're in putting expectations on what they are, you're kind of, uh, in some ways, it's good that you're kind of guiding how things move forward. But at the same time, you might be um, boxing yourself out of possibilities or recognizing possibilities as they come. So I think that's part yeah. of it as well. Yeah, you mean you, you set such a strict goal that you refuse to deviate when yes. a different opportunity comes along or when the parameters around you establishing that goal have changed. That's that's the other big one. Like, Yeah, I think a lot know, of people do that. I want to travel yeah. the world and then you have a kid. That really changes right. your, your, life, your life goals uh, quite a bit. And for people that it doesn't change it – uh, you know, they're not me, that's for sure. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there are certain people who are just like, I'm going to do this no matter what, and no matter what life throws at them, sure. they're going to do it. And a lot of people also then will uh, will roll with the changes a little bit. I'm much more of a roll with the changes uh, type of person. But I think then when I step back and take a bigger view of things, I do have some overall things that I'm kind of moving towards or targeting, or there's things that are unavoidable. They're like goals because they they're there like you can't avoid them retirement like, retirement <laughs> like i kid, would like to retire someday getting old I will kids be going old. to school yeah. yeah yeah there are things you just can't avoid and i think most people don't really sit down and think about them which is why this podcast is somewhat distressing to me in general because <laughs> well, i you, sit down and i start thinking about stuff like this you know me i'm a i'm a meticulous planner I like to plan, no, I and I aware. don't like when things are not planned. Um, I had no idea. Uh, so, <laughs> but this is one of those those things that I f- uh, I think is even more stressful for planners than they are for like if you ask somebody who just goes with the flow with everything, you ask them about their big goals. Typically, it's easier for them to like wave it off and say, "Oh, you know, I'll, I'll save, I'll save money, I'll mm-hmm. do stuff." 
Uh, but for somebody like me, it's super, uh, it's harrowing to think yeah. about. Like I'm, it, it, it really does cause a lot of anxiety for me to think about my kid going to college and she's, she's little now, but college is only 12 years away at this point for, <laughs> for you. And, and my well, for oldest you, is in, closer, he's in ninth right? grade, right? So he's, yeah. he's getting very close to, he's thinking about college now and he's kind of at that point where. He's the kind of kid who's going to worry about this stuff. He's a worrier, and he's a he, he brings his hands around. Oh, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to do okay? And and I think it's a he's it's great that he's thinking that way. That he's trying to be kind of um, um, diligent about thinking about it. But I, um, you know, that's something I think about a lot. Like, how are they going to choose a college, and what do they want to do? And I think you know, um, when you're that age everybody's always asking you, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know? (laughs) And then I I don't have the heart to tell them that, you know, I'm incredibly old and I still think about those types of questions. You should recite the, the uh, thing from say anything, right? Seen that movie? uh, I I don't want to make anything. I don't work for anybody that makes anything. Like it's a great, uh, diatribe on modern goals. I, I would say, it was funny. I, yeah, I and, and I can see. I, it. I don't. I don't subscribe to his his mantra. <laughs> oh, you don't? No, no. You're, you're definitely not that. No, 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 no. no. I have realistic uh, um, opinions of the world and and what it takes to feed your family and put clothes on them and you know drive well, them in a car that you isn't a death trap stuff like that. <laughs> well, then, so then, what what is your overall? thinking about this stuff like what is it when you start thinking about this stuff what is the tack that you take to start even approaching something like this your topic usually a quad is involved (laughs) because it's extremely stressful i mean there's there's like personal categories stuff i want to be um a better husband you know what i want to be a like a great father and both like the she's happy, but also I'm doing the right things for her to not be broken as much as, you know, we were maybe other other people are. Yeah. So, you know, I have those like personal goals. Those are honestly a little easier to deal with because it's pretty easy to say like, okay, be a better husband. Like, uh, make sure I'm thinking more about her than me. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, that's... actually, when you say stuff like that, it's like, what do you mean by that? Because it can mean different things to different people. I don't want to say that to sound like a jerk. I mean, it's like being a good oh, yeah. husband is very, very First different. First step, a- ask her. <laughs> <laughs> step one, hmm. let somebody else decide <laughs> what, what is the right what thing What they think to is do. a good idea. Yeah, yeah I mean, if, if it is about them, right? That's That's the... Uh, 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 that is, I can't ask my kid though, like, how could I be a better dad? But I can try to pay attention to her insecurities or things that uh, make her feel bad about herself. Like, I on- honestly think confidence is probably a pretty important thing to instill in your kid. So, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we go to, boy, when you think about this stuff, there's so many ways you can go with this. I mean, I do think having uh, your kids with, uh, being confident enough to make those types of choices is a big deal. Um, I do. I don't want to get into the whole like what I think is wrong about how people approach 
kids raising <laughs> kids these days because everybody has great every, opinions about how exactly. you should raise your kids um and they're all they're all completely different i just remember when i was uh growing up it was very different um so this so here's a good example um the kids were uh hanging out with me and i said that you know if you want to get your allowance just like when it was you know when i was a kid you have to come out and we're gonna you know pull weeds and do some you know physical labor and we're gonna you know uh part of it for me is like you know it's kind of character building and it's not fun but you have to do it anyway your kids get allowance for regular chores right yeah they but they don't really do they i don't usually ask them to do too much mainly because oh they don't have a set like list of chores so mine who is only six Mm -hmm. b7 not too distant future her chores are feed the dog Mm. bring in the the mail Mm -hmm. clean up her stuff so she's responsible for her own stuff and uh that's mostly it bring her backpack upstairs okay so she's got some things she needs to do right yeah and for for that there's the weekend and the last goal is related to her being paid or last chore is she has to remind me to pay her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my kids tend to remind me frequently. Um, and I tend to be kind of just like, the, you know, at the casinos, I'm the bank, you know? So there are things that they may want that they can't even. Oh, now ca- you tell me cash this. Doesn't buy. <laughs> you, you know, I more did, than I anybody, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, they, you know, there's things that they can't get because they don't have credit cards or whatever. So I'm the kind of, you know, they're like, I'm using my allowance to, you know, get some sort yeah. of Minecraft server account. Borrow against I, future earnings. Yes. Or, you know, <laughs> some sort of streaming anime thing that uh, my kid wants. And, and I'm, you know, for the next, uh, I think they're like, it's like four bucks a month and they get, uh, you know, less than that for allowance. So poor, I have to do like math to figure out like right. okay, you have you to keep a tally running oh tally gosh. but but that falls in that category of like you're teaching you you believe you're teaching your children something valuable right. about be growing up to be a functioning adult right uh, you know and it goes back so back to that doing the chore of pulling the weeds um it's just funny to see the reaction between the two of them because one is uh 15 one is 12 and he will the 12 year old is like rolling his eyes and just slowly pulling out each weed like it was the worst thing that has ever occurred to him um and the 15 year old <laughs> just kind of sits there and pulls out weeds doesn't think much about it and, and just, he's just just w- like works through the yeah. mundane like yeah. i don't really want to do this but dad said i have to do it so i want dad to be happy so i'm gonna do that and where the older one is you know he'll try anything like i'll turn around to like get a rake and I'll see him like staring at a tree. Like I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, he's like, oh, I just needed to take a break. I'm like, You've, uh, how long has it been? It's been eight minutes. Okay, hmm. so maybe you know. So so part of it is like, you know, why am I? Why are we doing this, Dad? Why are we? Uh, why are you making us do this? And it, part of it is like, you have to do things sometimes you don't want to do, right? As a as you get older, and yeah, something they, like, but they learn that in other ways. They learn that through video games more than anything. Mm, it's called yeah. grind. <laughs> I don't. You I don't grind. disagree. With that. You know, like my kids. The problem is that they they do learn a lot of those lessons. So here's here's the thing that's driving me crazy, and this is getting a little off the topic from family goals, but it's sort of related. Is that my kids will uh, play these complicated video games that require cheat 
you know, cheat pages and following these steps or figuring something out that's like a multi-step process that requires, you know, a lot of thinking and effort and puzzle solving. Yeah, logic and problem solving. Yeah. And then I ask them to make a sandwich and they look at they look at me like, how am I supposed to do that? You know, like what are the tools I need to make a sandwich? You know, and maybe I'm simplifying a little oh, bit, but yeah. it's like but it's like, you know, it, there's this and I always say, like, how can you figure stuff out in a in a video game that like <laughs> blows my mind and you can't go do this? And I think, you know, it's teaching kids certain things. I I actually Jeff, firmly Jeff, believe that. Can, yes. Can I, yeah, can I tell you? I'm ranting. They have figured it out. They figured uh, out the cheat <laughs> yeah, for exactly. making a sandwich. The cheat is I don't know how. Is to pretend they don't know how, and eventually you'll be like, just give me that and I will do it because yeah. it's way less right. effort for me to just make Le- it. <laughs> learned helplessness, exactly. Yes. Um, and I think that's kind of why I was so uh, draconian when I was saying, no, you have to pull weeds for one hour. Like, you know, just sit there and pull weeds. It's not fun. But, you know, I, I try not to pull out the when I was your age stuff. But I, you know, I was <laughs> I was mowing three yards a week when I was 15 years old. And yeah. I had to ride my bike to them. And I'm asking them to pull weeds for an hour. And yeah. it was like I'd ask them to no, you know, I, I build get, a I get that dam. From, from even at this age, like, why do I have to do this? Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> let me list all the other things that you don't have to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, you know, you hit on um, on an aspect of where my personal goals in, intersect with, I think, my life or family goals. Right? I have the like the personal, more Mobius things of like be a better husband, be a good dad. But part of the being a good dad is teaching my kid about how money works, how mm-hmm. how the world works. Like we live in capitalist society, and it is what it is. Whether you like it or not, that's what you have to learn how to get along in. Mm-hmm. And while I learned the valuable lesson of associating work with money, like to to do work and earn money, and that's rewarding, and you know it's a way to get things that you want, right? Right. I learned that at a really young age. Uh, we didn't have much money, and so all my money first for anything came from me myself doing things like mowing lawns or whatever happened to be. Mm-hmm. Um, my kid, I want her to learn that, but I want her to learn the things that I didn't learn about money, which is more like there's pros and cons to having money and, and the choices you make with them, like money enables you to make bad choices too. Like having it doesn't solve everything. In fact, you can make a lot of really bad choices the more money you have. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, like teaching her what it means to be responsible with money and long-term consequences are something that my parents were never good at teaching me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they taught me, oh, well, you know, you save it and you buy this thing. And then the first time I was in college and somebody offered me a credit card, I was like, hey, I don't have to save up to buy that thing. I can take a loan against my future with a credit card. (laughs) Yeah. And that was something that I wasn't prepared for at that age. And I want my kid to understand that that you know you talked about how they'll take a loan against their future earnings like Mm -hmm. that's a good like like lesson to learn about the consequences of taking that loan is you don't have the money in between now like that's what you have you have this you already spent the money now all the things you want between (laughs) now and the time you finished paying back for that you're not getting you don't get Yeah, yeah exactly and it's um 
it, th- these are the things that as they they kind of fit into this life, this family or life goal stuff because there are certain things that I don't necessarily want to have to worry about or think about that are inexorably, you know, just something you have to deal with. Yeah. Retirement planning, uh, deal, you know, dealing with a house. Man, that's another one. Like family goals <laughs> around houses are a big one for me. Like the question first of whether you should buy a house, how you maintain the house. Do you spend money to have people fix it or do you fix it yourself? Do you have the skills to do it? Do you have the tools to do it? Like there's mm-hmm. all of these things that are they're kind of tied up with the whole and what family are good, goal What thing. are good choices? Because they're, you know, anybody who owns a home will learn the lesson that there are things you do to your house that maintain its value or increase its value. And then there's the things that you do that maintain or increase your enjoyment of the house. And those can have overlap, but don't necessarily. And mm-hmm. so making good decisions about, you know, hey, we want a swing set. Well, that's great. A swing set doesn't actually increase the value of your house. It probably diminishes <laughs> yeah. it, you but it increases your enjoyment. But yeah. you're going to have to like take it on the chin when it comes time to sell the house, probably. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had that experience at a previous house where it was like, this would be great for the kids. This is, you know, it's a lot of money, but, you know, the kids will enjoy it. And in the reality, the reality was the kids didn't actually enjoy it because there was always like, you know, you, you go out there and they'd be coated in mosquitoes in like you know, yeah, 30, 13 seconds. It's not as seconds. fun as going to a park. Yeah. Like and going then, to a playground. Yeah. That's, and that's then, how I learned that same lesson. And then, and then you have to deal with it when you sell. So it's, you know, but again... You're always weighing these decisions as to, is this the right thing to do right now versus, you know, is this going to make my life better or is it going to make my life worse um, longer term? Or is it going to make it better short term? But, you know, you're an adult and you'll deal with it when it makes it difficult longer term. And that's stuff that goes on and on. And it's it doesn't stop. You know, my kids complaining about uh, about homework. And I'm like, you realize when you get older and you get out of well, at least for me, and probably for you too, when you get out of school, it's just there's just homework every day. Like it's called life. It's yeah. called life. Like it doesn't. You don't get you to go home, go home and, and you have to and, do stuff at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't just and, go home and, and play no, Minecraft. That's really, the, the the sad thing is is that is that's not something you can explain, right? That's just something that they have to experience. That's right. like, you know, that's for me. That's also why chores are important. Because it teaches them, like, maintaining your life requires work, mm-hmm. and th- that is homework, right? That's work that you come home, you you do to make sure that you can find your toys when you want them, and that they don't get stepped on or thrown away, and, like, all that kind of stuff. Right. I, I can tell you that the one that I fret the most about is the category of, like, security, right? Like, and I don't mean, like, computer security. I mean... Uh, like life security, right? The, the let's see. The way I would I would I would uh, define life security is not worrying about the machinery of my life. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting way being to put able it. To pay my bills and not worrying about that I can pay my bills. Um, not worrying that my roof is going to fall in on me. Um, not worrying that Christmas is going to come and I'm going to want to buy presents for my family, you know, or we may want to travel. And so it, it is somewhat money, but there's a, well, money is kind of an enabler, you know, yeah, money, kind of, money is the only thing money provides is the ability to have that security. 
Uh, perceived security. Yeah, well, you can always get hit by a bus. That's, yeah. that's true. And, and, you know, I was reading, uh, I think it's an article that you sent me a long time ago, and I revisited it because uh, um, Eddie had posted it maybe in Twitter about how your, your happiness uh, and how busy we are these days. Like, we're just always busy, and it, uh, the, the perception of busyness is related to how much money you make and what your life choices are. And I was thinking about this as I was riding around. Uh, we live in the middle of a really weird area where there's some mega, mega rich people and then some just kind of normal folks, like lower middle class, middle class people. And I was, I was thinking to myself as I was going by on my bike um, that a lot of the houses that were really tiny and unassuming had campers and they had boats. Now you could say that they didn't know how to, you know, folks who live there didn't really have a good prioritization of their money, but you could say also they had a job they go to maybe and they, they did, come home. They're out riding in a boat. Exactly. And I'm, you know, <laughs> you, you've got my exact point. It's like, maybe they have this eight hour a day job. And when they come home, they take their, their leisure time super seriously. And I think that's something that, um, you and I are both very similar and that are, the things that we like, uh, in some ways, is good because they're related to our job, right? Planning yeah. and things like that, at technology, IT, things like that. We like doing it anyway, but it also means that we don't really have a delineation very well, at least me personally, between um, the, the thing that I do for work and the thing that I do for fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. I want a boat really bad. Like, I really do want a boat. In fact, since we bought our house, this is the first house we own, bought the house. They had, like, a spot next to the house that was gravel with electric hookups and a way to, like, it, they went camping a lot. They had a mm -hmm. giant RV. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we could park a boat there. And so for, what, eight years, I've wanted a boat. Never bought a boat. Never, Never even got looked a boat. at boats. Because... Sitting when here you... right now on my list that uh, is going to be the, the one that creeps a lot of people out is a word called retirement, <laughs> which is one of those things that are like, it's really hard to wrap my head around what it takes to retire and yeah. what that even means. But I know it takes a lot of money and it's sitting not too far away from the word college. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's always what comes up to me when I think about buying a boat of this will totally increase my enjoyment of life for a certain period of the year. I will love it. We'll have a blast. But it's a lot of money into something that mostly depreciates over time and costs, not only depreciates, but costs more and more money to maintain. Yep. Yeah, I actually, I'm slightly in a slightly different situation. I used to go fishing a lot. I used to love fishing. I used to mm -hmm. fish every weekend. I would go fishing and to, to the point where I bought a boat. Um and that phrase that they, they throw out there is absolutely true. The, hap the two happiest days of my boat ownership was the day I bought it and the day I sold it. Because the, <laughs> the days in between Perfect. there were not always that pleasant. It was, you know, uh, a lot of maintenance. It was a lot of time taken. I had a lot of extra travel I had to do to go, you know, pick it up and take it to the lakes and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I think there's also that. Life goals have this this way of looking great uh, in when you're looking at them head on and say, this is something I need to do. This is going to be fantastic. But again, it always comes down to, you know, 
controlling your expectations or under, even understanding what your expectations really are. Um, and that's probably why I temper my uh, thinking around them so much because I feel like, and this is this is my thing. Boy, we're getting personal. No, I'm here, not but, following you actually. Um, so your perception is, man, if I had a boat, I'd just if I got that boat, I would be so happy if I got that boat. But you'd spend a lot of money, and there'd probably be all of these other hassles that you didn't know existed until you actually had the boat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yep. your, your expectation of it is is this one thing, but it's different than what it actually is going to be. And I right. think you never you never know unless you have experience with it. What, right. What and then, the and I think actual investment's going to be. And that's the way I kind of feel about retirement. Like we can plan <laughs> for it, but like how are we actually going to know? I until have it friends happens? with like equations that they know they need to save up a certain amount of money because they can live off some combination of the interest and investments and blah blah blah. And I'm like. I don't. I don't think I could do that. Like I don't think I can plan. I. I had no idea my forties would be like they are. I can't imagine what my seventies are going to be like. Yeah, you and I are thinking right along the same lines. And I and I wish that I could just apply a, a calculation and and. But I mean, if I look back at, you know, when somebody said, "Oh, you need to start planning your your retirement back in my." you know, early thirties, I couldn't have possibly imagined where my life was going to be in my early thirties. You know what I mean? Like, so what, how can I, all you're doing is kind of taking a stab at what you think, where you think you might want to end up, which is okay. I mean, that's kind of what we have to do. And that's kind of why the talking and thinking about this topic is kind of interesting because you're, you're, um, you're kind of taking some educated guesses as best you can and and just heading that direction, but you don't well, the, really know. There at least is the um, you start with the premise that you can't keep earning what you earn now forever, right? <laughs> Up until you're eighty or ninety or however long you you imagine you'll live. But on the other hand, I still kick myself that I wasn't responsible enough straight out of college to buy a house. Yeah, I, mean, I I lived in San Mateo. Like in near San Francisco, if I would have bought a house straight out of college, I probably would already be retired. Exactly. <laughs> because the yeah. property increased by so, so, so much. Yep. And it's those types of, not regrets, but realizations that my lack of attention, attentiveness, whatever you want to call it, to my future um, caused me a lot more work, caused me a lot more effort in my life. Yep. Probably. Um yeah. So, <laughs> so retirement is, is one of those it. things I like. I don't want to be 70 or 80 because you've really reduced your opportunities for finding additional solutions. Yes. At that, at that point. And I don't, I, I'm not worried about being destitute, but I am, I do want to enjoy myself then too. That's when I really want to enjoy myself because I'm not, I'm not going into work. I'm not commuting. I'm not, you know, doing any of that kind of stuff. And I definitely don't want to be a burden to my child. Yep. For those things. Like these are all the things that keep me awake. That 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 slice of everything, <laughs> the retirement piece. Like I have other things on my list of like educate like keeping my own education up, like learning oh, new boy. things all the time, stuff like that. Nothing worries me more than that retirement piece that overlaps with the security piece. Yeah, my my parents are very much, you know, my dad especially, uh, probably because he you know, they were poor. And he came from a very poor family. And so he's always been really paranoid about, 
you know, getting older, not being a burden, that type of stuff. They're being self-sufficient. And, uh, you know, I think there's some uh, level of that that's just kind of built into my brain that I think about. But at the same time, it's like you have to think of the higher, you have this kind of hierarchy of needs, right? So right now I need to make sure that uh, things are set up comfortably now and then I can start planning. It's kind of things are happening simultaneously. Yeah, well, there's always stuff happening, Yeah, right? That's why I didn't buy a house straight out of college, right? (laughs) Because there was other stuff happening that I decided to focus on and and put my eggs in that basket. Um, I am, that that whole like saving thing um, is a, I don't know, that's something that really gets me. Like that's a that's a hook that really like has has festered in me <laughs> is like I don't want to like my my in laws a great example they have traveled a huge amount they travel all kinds of places all around the all around you know every country you can imagine they've probably been there but like they go to Paris and they do all the walking tours they refuse to to pay for any any guides or anything they stay in the cheapest hotel and they eat cheese on discount bread like the cheapest bread they can find in in the grocery store and the cheapest cheese they can find and that's what they eat for their meals i'm like you're in paris yeah like to me that seems like just the worst possible thing that you could do when you travel but to them it's like that's another country we get to go to right that's another place we get to go to because we save all this money not doing all those yeah ridiculous things that they personally don't find value in and and that's kind of like one of those things we like I don't I didn't I didn't buy a boat but then I just bought a trampoline. <laughs> so <laughs> you're gonna let your daughter use it? Yeah, it's for my kid. I'm just right. kidding, dude. I, I'm really <laughs> the thought I'm really, of you uh, on a trampoline is just freaking me out. So <laughs> oh, I'm just boy. kidding. Uh, the the <laughs> I'm really a, a sucker for like that kind of stuff for my kid. Like I really like want to give her opportunities and experiences in life. And that's one of the things that I'm like, I should have, should I like, well, this trampoline, that's going to be extra work and I'm going to have to tear it down and it's going to be maintenance and and it's not cheap. And I could put that towards my retirement, but that type of logic doesn't occur to me when I'm like, my kid's going to freaking love a trampoline. Yeah. But you also, uh, your point about the in-laws and the traveling is a really, it's a, it's, it's a constant back and forth. Like I, uh, Alice has friends who basically, uh, they basically threw all their chips in the air and said, we are going to go on a bike tour of Europe or like, they just did some crazy long bike tour where they lived. They had, they, he worked, I think just as a developer part time, did consulting stuff and, uh, so they could work from coffee shops or whatever, but they just kind of threw caution to the wind and said, this is something we want to do. Uh, they found alternate ways of making money. They came back. They weren't in debt. They bought some property <laughs> no, it's in Vermont. Stories is like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, like I should exactly. But that's because people don't brag about the stories where they had to sell plasma and, yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. you know, they lost everything they own and they lived in a car right. and, and not to get too personal, but I have parts of my family that have gone that route where they lost everything mm-hmm. for because of bad choices. Right. And those, that's what haunts me. Yeah. Well, that's what and, haunts my, my parents as well. <laughs> and that's what has kind of gotten me too. Like, you know, I'm always running into this. This is something I, I get, get a lot, which is, um, 
well, if I just hit this threshold of cash, or, you know, ready cash and this much invested, we'll be in good shape. Then you can build an app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No comment. Um, the, <laughs> that's why I live in a cardboard box now. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but it's how much is enough is it six months is it a year like to me do i need uh, a year paranoid it's a year well i know but you and you and i are very much the same but i talk to other people and are like no a couple months you'll get another job it's no big deal don't worry about it so much like that is their attitude but that's just not me i am i need to have like an amount that i can look at and say i am good to go for a year like it i won't it's not that i won't change my lifestyle it's not my lifestyle that i'm worried about it's it's like serious stuff, like lose my house, yeah. you know, people not having a place to live. Like there's, I don't, uh, we don't have like a, a safety net. Like I'm the safety net, just probably in the same, in the same with you. Like yep. we're the guy who has to, we're the guy who has to handle all this stuff. And th- you know what? They're probably right. Mostly things will work out. That's yeah, true. sure. It, I, but I like to look at it like, if I have enough for a year, that accounts for like we'll probably get a new job in within two months. Then we have ten months there that we didn't have to use up, and like my kid didn't have to feel the stress of that. I remember growing up and feeling the stress of unemployment, feeling the stress of having to move because we couldn't pay rent. Yeah, see, I, I'm a little bit different in that my dad was uh, he he worked in a tile factory his whole life basically. Um, and never, I'm so sure pretty consistent. Was, yeah. Consistent. And I never really felt that. I mean, I didn't realize until much later that we were not super well off, but it never came up to me when I was a kid. Like it was Which just, means ha- they this is my did, life. They made some good choices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my feeling. The fact that you didn't have to know anything about your status in life or like any of that kind of stuff means they made really good choices and had some good luck and whatever. Right. I don't know that I believe in luck. I don't either. believe in good choices. So the retirement thing is one that really sticks with me because I feel like that is all a choice. choices. It's a choice. Right? Yeah, there's no, exactly. there's no luck possible there other than playing the lottery. Well, like, and, you know, there's because other you things. You will reach a point that you can't work. Like that's almost, unless you die young, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, yeah. at least that's my opinion. No, I, that's, there I've, are certain I've things. I've the point where I don't want to work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, that's, that's a whole nother that would be, that would be now. Um, yeah. but yeah, you're right. I mean, there's, that, that's, there's an inevitability to that and the planning around that is it's, it can be stressful if you really sit down and start writing things down, which I did for this, this damn so podcast. You, how do you, pl- how do you plan for, how are you planning for that like transition in your life of, Reduced income. Let's not even call it retirement because that means something different to everybody. But I'm just, yeah. I just, I look at it as like it's a point where my income will be far reduced from what I'm bringing in now um, with a job. Yeah, I guess there's a few things that we're doing just without going into too much detail. Part of it is um, trying to plan out around uh, where we want to live. Right. Or just have, make sure that the whole housing thing is taken care of. So we basically got a very short term mortgage mm-hmm. and we're trying to pay it off quickly so that within, you know, 10 or 12 years, we will be fully owning a house, which means that now you don't have a mortgage. 
Right. You know, all of those things basically reduce that overhead to what the expectations are going forward. That doesn't mean that I'm going to have to live here forever. But, but that, it means if you sell it, all the money goes to, to you. To the, to, and to me <laughs> yeah. and to the next situation, to which next if house, we, yeah. you know, downgrade to a smaller place or whatever, now you're you're kind of building equity. So I think the first thought was um, work towards re- uh, reducing the amount that you have to pay to, quote unquote, live every month. Right. So uh, whatever you <laughs> That's do. That's a tough there, one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because um, so there's that. That's just the first one out there out there. The second one is, um, you know, if you go to some of these websites like Mr. Money Mustache or whatever, they talk about financial independence where, you know, you save a lot of money and you end up trying to live essentially off of some part-time work, which you enjoy doing and the interest that you made off the money that you saved. Um, right. And I think that is a super worthy goal. I just feel like we're not quite there because we, we're still setting things up. You know, right. I, so part of my dilemma is when, do, when am I going to feel like I'm not setting things up? You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, will there be that magic moment where you receive a phone call? Congratulations, You're Jeff. all set up. You, and you're like, all, I feel you're like all a weight's lifted from my chest and I'm like, no, you know, I don't think that happens. Exactly. I think yeah. it's, it's that leap that you take of, Okay, now we're I just going to try good. this. Yeah, and and I think see how it goes. Yeah, I think we we made some choices. I don't know if how they're all completely panning out. We're still, you know, kind of spending a lot to get the house uh, more uh, the way we wanted it. You know, the stove broke. I need to get a new stove, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's never that, that will never, never end, ends, right? You're you're never done with that unless you're renting, in which case somebody else is doing. It. You're still paying. Mm-hmm. You're never getting equity or whatever. So these are all the choices that you're making. Like the choice to me, way back when, is um, like a friend of mine uh, sent a, a Craigslist ad for you know move to L.A. Here's here's the other half of my house. You could you know move in. It's at the top of this gorgeous hill. It's near Silver Lake. It looks great. It's it's um, four hundred dollars more than our mortgage, and it's just a rental place that has half the size of our house and no property, obviously. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, there's a choice, right? I could be living in L.A. Well, not that I want ever want to do this, but I'm just saying these are choices that you can make. You can rent. And have this stuff, or you can buy and have other, you know, things around you. Um, and I feel like we're we've made some some good choices. You know, like I feel like the, the place where we're living right now, I really like it. Um, but you know, the question of, you know, well, ten years from now, uh, at the current rate that we are saving, assume that I don't lose my job within that, you know, some portion of that time period, and my wife, who's you know, somewhat younger than me. She has a little bit longer. She'll be able to, to work. Um, you know, they're, they're, these are the kind of numbers that go into that equation. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Like, there's not going to be a point where I'm going to just lean back in a chair and go, whew, glad that that's all taken care of. You know, like, yeah. it's it's. I, w- just, I would say, like, re- planning for retirement should be, even, you know, even for married folks, independent. Like, you should... Pl- each person should have their own retirement trajectory because yeah, you'll end up sharing everything. But if you go into well, my retirement, will take care of both of us. Like there are things that happen where one person's retirement may come much sooner than the others yeah, for exactly. whatever reason. 
And uh, so having it planned out that way is better. We did hire a financial advisor. Like I'm not a rich person, but I would say the small amount of money I spent on it is like, you know, $1,500, something like that. I can't, can't recall. And we did that as part of like when, when our kid was born, mostly around, we're now officially adults <laughs> with another <laughs> life to take care of. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we're not totally screwing the pooch on this Yep, and brought in a financial advisor to just give us like some basic breakdowns of what they did is like made us write down like goals. Like, what do you want to do? Oh boy. Like, do you, do, do, do you want to... So when was this? This is six years ago, right? Yeah, this is... Yeah. Uh, Have those yeah, goals right changed? Late, yeah, about five, five, six years ago. Actually, um, this is the funny thing about it. We wrote them down and, you know, she did, she did this assessment of us and came back and said, wow, you are super conservative <laughs> like, when it comes to money. You're as conservative as some of my, like, 70-year-old clients. Yeah, that's, I got like, the same thing. That, that's that's how, how we are. I think that's why um, we get along because I'm exactly the same way. <laughs> yeah, of, like, our risk aversion. That's, that's what it comes down to. Like, yep. uh, our risk aversion is about in line with somebody who's approaching retirement, even though we're much younger than that. But the goals we had set while – we had written them down. It wasn't something I reviewed all the time and said like, is this in line with our goals? If I buy this trampoline, does that fit our goals? You know, <laughs> we didn't do that at all. But five years later, we had achieved all the goals. Oh, we interesting. We paid down all the debt. We had, you know, done all the things with our, we had refinanced our house. We had done all these different things. We had, um, you know, established, we had done certain steps that got us ready for the, like future together of all this stuff of savings of having that year buffer of, you know, my, my wife entered into a new phase of her career and like all this kind of stuff that we had planned, but it was because like internally we had totally calibrated ourselves as these are our high priorities. Yeah. Our high priorities are not borrowing money, mm-hmm. uh, not spending money we don't have, um, Making sure that no one has a ledger with our name on it, wherever we can, we can achieve that of like, you know, we, yes, we have a mortgage, but we tried to reduce our mortgage as much as possible by making bigger payments and refinancing for lowest, lower interest rates and stuff like that. Yeah. You're definitely further along than that than me, but I think I'm, we're, we're thinking the same way. Um, you know, I guess about two years ago, um, it was, become debt free on as many debts as possible. So I only owe a little bit left on my car just because it didn't make sense. I had a, it, like a really low financing rate and it didn't make sense to pay pay it yep. completely down because then you're losing savings. That's actually, she's so she's very, this woman that worked with us, really what we paid for is her experience, like her experience with all this stuff. And you mentioned like lower interest rate or paying your mortgage early and stuff like that. And she had great advice for us on that of like, you know, based on your interest rate, it either does or does not make sense to get a 15 year mortgage. Because if, if it's not, if the interest rate is not that much better than like something that you can invest in for the same number of years, you're better just making double payments or saving that money for the 15 years in into a savings high yield savings account um, or savings method, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, and I totally, and I was totally like, screwed oh, up my thinking. Really, really <laughs> smart. Like, yeah, you're getting free money, and same thing with the car loan. Like, 
if your car loans zero percent, get a loan, right? Yeah. Because that's free. Or if it's like some ridiculously low percentage rate, get the loan because that is such a minor amount of money compared to what you'll earn on the mo- on that money. If in you can some put it someplace investment. else, yeah, yes. exactly. And I think that's the con. You know, it. it it's hard for me to bend my mind around that because I'm still hyper focused. I never learned on, to think that way. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, part of it is I make really, money by borrowing money. Yeah, I bet I, I can't get my head around that. Mainly because it totally makes logical sense. But to me, at the end of the day, if my name is not on a ledger as owing money, even if that means I know, that I've it feels reduced, good. yeah, because you don't. It keeps coming down to you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I totally get that per- that financial advisor's point of well, that's why it's in an account. You don't you're not just throwing it out into the street. You're taking the money that you would pay and you're putting it into an account to make more money on. And if something does really happen, well, you could just pay it off with the money you've been saving, and it's not a big deal. But I just can't wrap my head around the fact that like if I could become completely debt free, um, to me that just gives me more power. I guess, in a way. And, and yeah. it's all perceived. I realize that. Like, money in the bank is probably more power. But, I, you know, I don't know. I just can't uh, I, I can't shake that feeling. So it's funny because she framed it in terms that I could understand a little bit better because we are risk-averse. She's like, look at it this way. Something terrible happens in your life. You can't go to the bank and say, you know how we paid you for the last seven years? We made double payments. Can we have that money back? Yeah, Because we need it for an operation or whatever. She's like, whereas if you've been putting into an account somewhere... You can you can get that money back and use it in in a case of an yeah, emergency. It, it, it She's it like, makes, that's actually low risk. It, it makes total sense to me. It's like, oh right, that does that does fit with the way we view the world. And yet, and yet, <laughs> I still <laughs> I still look at that it's that a red number, you know, and I go, ah, I just want to pay that off and get it out of my you know my ledger. Yeah, but then I do things like. We talked about YNAB before, right? Yeah, we did. Looking, looking at YNAB, and YNAB is one of those things. Just like with GTD, even eventually I'll fall behind, and then I'll have to. I'll feel guilty, and then I'll redo it and yep. like get everything straightened out again. That, that <laughs> happens. Kind of working towards that right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just the way it goes. I, I I've stopped feeling guilty about any of that kind of stuff because I just assume that's part of the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, working th- one thing that uh, YNAB, and if you don't know what we're talking about, YNAB, go look at a previous episode. It's, it's you need a budget. Its its strength is making you look at what you spend money on. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Where it, it's making you look at where your money goes in a very proactive way. Whereas something like Mint was very passive, of like, here's a wedge of a pie diagram. Yeah, this is spent- what you just spent, as yeah. opposed to here's what you're actually planning on spending. Yeah. Um yeah. but looking at where where my money goes there is I still struggle with like don't spend money on coffee, dummy. <laughs> like <laughs> but I like coffee. Yeah. Don't spend money on beer, dummy. But I like beer. Um you know just don't waste money on video games. <laughs> like things like that. But I like, like video games. Yeah. But I like video game. Like that kind of stuff is like that's a real struggle of like making sure I am being responsible, but I also don't want to wake up each morning going, All right, well, today I'm having this really cheap tea or 
you know, right. instant coffee. Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm right there know. with you, man, because it's like, you know, and maybe I, it, it, you feel like you're indulging yourself because you are, but at the same time, you're thinking, well, I have this money. I don't want to just sit in a, in a dark room by myself watching old reruns of, you know, Golden Girls or something. I should be able to play a video <laughs> game now and then. Um, and, and so, you know, that's what, but, but then somebody would say, uh, from your mustache website, yeah. whatever that is, uh, would say you'd already be retired if you had not spent all that money. That is exactly what he would the say. Past twenty years yep. on all this stuff that you enjoyed. It, it, that and to me, that's where the two types of personalities collide. Of like, I do want to still enjoy myself. It's just I don't want to be extreme about it. Right. I. But I still do want to like look back and think about all the, the nice things that I enjoyed or the good times and we had fun on vacation or whatever. So that, that is this a, a constant balancing act. Right. And, and I always, it's hard not to feel guilty, you know, like I'm supposed to go meet a friend in New York city tomorrow. Um, and he's going to want to go out to eat and it's not going to be cheap. And so part of me is saying, Oh man, I shouldn't spend that money going out to eat. Like it's just extravagant and I don't need it and I could save it. At the same time, it's like I see this guy once every two years. Like, why wouldn't I just yeah. go out and have dinner with this guy? You know what I'm you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like you'll enjoy yourself and it'll be a nice memory. And- yeah, exactly. Um it, so uh syncing up those two different tendencies to me um is kind of like the whole key to this stuff. What about um uh, in life insurance, and it sounds like the, yeah, the weirdest, most boring, and abstract. That was conversation, one of the but... reasons we had hired the financial advisor was because uh, as parents we wanted to set up li- we we set up a uh, trust and life insurance and all that kind of like responsible adult type stuff of um, assuming the worst, mm-hmm. and making sure we took care of our kid. Yeah, we have life insurance, and it totally feels like a waste every month when that every gets month, paid out. It's the worst. Every month that goes out, and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. For nothing. For, for in theory, <laughs> nothing, or, or, or in, in actuality, nothing right now. Um, but on the other hand, I, you know, I worry for my kids' future and what's going to happen if something happens to our parents or my wife. Yep. Like, you know, what happens to my wife if something happens to me? And yeah, she could probably get along. But then all this work I've done over, you know, 10 years to make sure that our future had like reduced stress each year. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the way to look at security too. Each year it should be less stressful than the previous. All that work I've done is is gone. And and, and, and she's, she's saddled with, with way more yeah. than that. You know what I'm saying? Because right. now it's all on her shoulders. There's no way yeah. to even split it. Yeah, no, I, I I did it. I'm not saying I didn't do it. I'm just saying it, it does feel like looking a waste. At the, looking at those dollars go out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're just, you're buying a promise that this is going to um, be useful someday. Yes. Or, you know, or that you don't have to worry about it at night. Yeah, and it's 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 just a hard pill to swallow every month, um, and you're it's kind of like um, I don't know, it's it's paying with the expectation that it, it's supposed to feel like it's reducing stress on you, and it yes. does to some degree, but then it's just you know more money you're paying out, and I don't know, it's rough, it's rough. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I would if I could recommend it 
to anybody. I'm no, I'm no expert. Um, it's it's a really that's a very personal thing for me. It was important to have all that set up and to know that if something happened to my wife and I, my kid could still go to college, and uh, yeah, it would totally impact her life. <laughs> I mean, that's yep. But on the other hand there's at least something I can do in advance to reduce the burden on her. Yeah. And Um, it's not that uh, huge of a burden on you for now. Right. In theory, like you're just, it's, well, I did what we could afford that. That's basically what the, the um, job of the advisor is, is to figure out how much you can afford, you know, with all your other goals. Yes. What should, what should you be paying into this bucket, you know, for that peace of mind? Um, and have it make sure that make sure that that bucket is not causing you further stress <laughs> because it's you know too too big or whatever. Yeah, it's one of those things like uh, if money ever got tight, I'm sure we would look at it and like, wow, yeah. we should probably cut that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's something that we shouldn't be spending money on. But but then you're torn with the like, well, that risk is still there. Yeah. Exactly. You know, what's going to happen if we if if she's 16 and something happens to us and she's two wait two years away from college and everything's wiped out or something? I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. So these are, yeah, family goals. <laughs> Fun show. It's a yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to me, it's like you. It's it's good to think about, but it's not good to dwell on. And I think that that balance for me is really part of it. I always have that low level stress. And part of, you know, what I've come to grips with in the last couple of years is the fact that no matter how much money I have saved or socked away or paid off or debt free, it will never go away. So do <laughs> the fear, you mean? Yeah, the, the fear that I haven't saved the, enough the, uh, or I didn't do enough I've planning. I've read it so many times that uh, the more the people with more money worry more about losing money than people with less money, which seems strange because like. The less money you have, the less buffer you have yeah. to um, rebound. But the more you're focused on money, the more you worry about losing it. Yeah. and that, it's, makes, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And so, you know, part of me is just, you know, trying to be uh, less uh, obsessed with the idea and more, you know, just do what I can. And I use YNAB for this, although we've talked before just one-on-one about how it's not a great forecasting tool. No, but it's it is, terrible at that. But it is a very good tool for saying, you know, I should be budgeting this month. Or looking at those buckets at the end of the month and go, that's, yes, I want to be comfortable and it's, lead a good life, but good God, why did I it's spend It's a lie that? detector. Yes. That's, that's, <clears throat> that's what it is. It's a lie detector. It detects the lies that I tell to myself. Yes, that about, is. About... Oh, you know what? You're that not going to spend so much on coffee. Yeah. You're not going to spend next month. You're not going to spend that much on coffee. Yep. And then the next month I look at it and I'm like, man, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. I do the same why, thing with why beer. Did I? Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, to turn the conversation to beer, we were at, uh, we were, we went to a restaurant yesterday with a brew pub and we, we, it was a nice day and we're like, let's just run out there. We have some errands to run. And we went out and got it. It was fairly inexpensive lunch. And we thought, you know, we're actually under budget on like restaurants. We're under budget on beer. We're on, and we're driving home and there's a place called Waywood Beverage, which is pretty close to us, which everybody raves about. And I'm like, I'm going in here to see what they have. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, we're going down the racks and, they had a case of Smells Like a Safety Meeting, <laughs> which, as you know, I've been looking for for two months. Uh, so, boom, one case, blew the beer budget. Wow. 
And then I was walking back and they had, uh, there's a brewery uh, called Round Guys Brewing, which is in Lansdale, which is about an hour from where I live. And I actually worked in Lansdale for a while. And it's cool that there's this brewery that uh, makes interesting beers that people talk about, uh, at least around here. And they had a beer called Fear of a Brett Planet. Uh, which is a play on, I guess, the Public okay. Enemy song, uh, yeah. which is, it was an IPA, but it was, you know, brewed with bread, and it's supposed to be like a good summery beer with, you know, grapefruit and whatever. So I got a case of that. So the beer budget went from like, hey, we're doing awesome, <laughs> two thumbs up, to, to oh my God, what if we from our just... restaurant budget, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now both of them are over. But th- that's... That's the, in theory the value of Wineab, right? Right. Is that you get to borrow from the other budgets live, the other almost, buckets, right? Yeah. You can look at it and say, "Oh, well, I'm underspent here and I'm underspent here. I really want this thing. I'm going to borrow from this money." Right. Um, or because... I have a bucket of of like I've been putting money into. Um, I don't know. We have a, a bucket for commutes for me for for fuel, like gas, uh, yeah. for the car. But I, but with the kids, <laughs> so you borrowed from that, and now you can't go to work. No. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> but it is it had built up for a while because I've been uh, trying to work from home an extra day a week, and so the money was there, and it happened a couple months in a row. Uh, and then the kids, uh, you know, I tried to they were around all last week because school's over and all that stuff. So I, was, I tried to work from home even more, and so there just there was an extra part of that bucket. So I'm like, okay, well this. We're almost at the end of the month here. I can use the rest of the, the leftover. So you're, you're right. You're, but at the same point, if I didn't have that budget, I would have just bought the cases of beer because, hey, I'm here and this is good beer and I've wanted this beer for a while. But I never would have had that that kind of the ability to circle back and say, um, well, I spent more than I thought I was going to. And that will, down the road, impact you know, the overall yeah. plan, you know, like if I were to do that every month, that's like you just said, the, the, the Mr. Money Mustache theory of I could have retired 10 years ago if I wasn't, if I had known about YNAB before and actually had discipline and actually was putting money in the way as I should have been, um, you know, I would, I wouldn't be retired, but I would certainly have a lot more in the bank. Um, so it's, it's just something that, um, Boy, you really have to stay focused on this stuff because a couple months of not looking at it and thinking about like what are my long term goals here, just in a very kind of airy <laughs> way, like not sitting it's down funny, and writing funny down. Funny you every say month, a couple but. months though. Um, so I wanted to wrap up with just asking: Do you keep a list, and how often do you review it? Of family goals, of the big big life goals. I don't. Yeah. No. In fact, that's why getting ready for this podcast, I'm like, should I? At the so same how do you how do you account for that when you're thinking through YNAB? Um, well, when you're going through there and you're saying, you know, it's the every dollar has a job and I, this dollar is now allocated to my retirement fund or um the the way I'm doing it is a way that I've I've read about um in a lot of those financial independence sites, which is you're you're basically focusing on in a percentage of your take home, right? So if you um, look at your take home pay and you target a percentage of you know X percent, you have to be able to live on X percent. So if your spending per month is underneath that percent, which is usually like fifty percent, um, mm-hmm. you're doing really well. Um, well, you're already living at your retirement. Um, level level exactly and but, but but to get 
to the retirement level, you have to have now that income. Uh, well, so here's the, the piece, though. Um, so the retirement level thing comes into it um, from the fact that when I'm retired, these following expenses won't be there anymore. House, you know, like the, like I'm cal- calculating that stuff in. So the not not for this portion, but when I'm thinking down the road, like down the road, I don't want to have a car payment. I don't want to have a house payment. I don't want to have, you know, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, see, blah. This, is, this is the transition that I'm undergoing right now, though, which is the, the um, Mobius theories of like, well, all I have to do is save some money. Yeah. But I need to get to a point where I have actually like a spreadsheet with charts that say at the rate you're saving... This is how this is the point at which you can retire on 50% and and live at a rate of like 50% of your income. You have a 50% burn rate basically, right? Right. In theory. And I haven't I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I feel like I need that um yeah. assessment. Yeah, well, um without going into too much detail because I haven't really done too much of it, but there was um so betterment which we talked about during the money show yeah. as a retirement planner. Um, and then that, what is that other website that you told me about that is the money website? Hold on a second. Uh, Personal Capital. Yeah. You told me about that website. They actually have a really good retirement planner, which was a complete eye opener for me because I said, when I got done, I was like, excuse me, I have to save how much per year? Exactly. And when you start looking at that, like, college was one that was an eye opener how much you have to save per year for to pay for your kids college mm-hmm. based on what type of college you want to be able to pay for right wow yeah it's, it, it's nuts talk about the jaw on the floor moment of i have to save how many thousands of dollars a month to pay for harvard uh yeah on top of all this other retirement stuff spend. yes yeah and this retirement stuff too so you spend yeah. this much the kids my kids are kind of under the understanding that they're going to have to play a, a, a role <laughs> in their educational payments, <laughs> yeah. much like I did and my my wife yeah. did too. Um, because when I look at the numbers, there's just no way that I'm going to have enough saved. Like I could either save for their college and not have enough, and that's great because now they have a college education. They're going to have to fully support me when I <laughs> and they support you. It's this vicious cycle, yeah. and so I it's I, I've been approaching it lately, uh, for good or ill, from the perspective of the plane decompression theory, which is put your own air mask on first before you affix it to the child sitting next to you. (laughs) (laughs) Because because I figured that's something that's going to affect them anyway, right? If I don't take care of it, like that needs to get handled, my retirement and all that stuff before I even can kind of uh, um, uh, exercise the thought of, of, Thinking down True. the road. So anyway, which, I don't know. Which is how... why I have a list. Yeah, uh, I guess <laughs> I, 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 I mean I do I, have a list that I review every year. I review it in at Christmas time. Merry Christmas. You're broke. There's a reason. Yeah, exactly because that's usually when I spend the most money per year. Yeah, of like there's vacation time during the summer and then Christmas time, and I it's important to do it around the time that I've spent the most money to be realistic of like. You know, this is how much money it goes out each year. I usually back it off. Mm-hmm. This is how much 
you know, from looking at per week or per month to like per year, this much money came in this year and this much money went out this year. Oof. And how realistic is it that I'm saving for what I need to be saving for? And, you know, all the other stuff, like I usually do a retrospective on education of like, did I, on my own education, did I learn new things this year? Did I, you know, learn things that were good for my career or good for, you know, future projects I want to do or whatever. Um, that's all retrospective and not so much prospective. Like I don't sit down in December and go, I want to learn this thing this coming year. Like that's not usually how I do it. Yeah. And I feel like there's, um, boy, that, that, that's, that's a whole other show right there because when you're, Man, that sounds boring. <laughs> well, it's a whole other boring show, but yeah, I mean, I think personal development are like, in addition to this, this, <laughs> <laughs> this, it could be the after show. show for this when it, yeah. it just and then it ends with just quiet snoring, you know, with our quad beers. Just we slowly lull ourselves to sleep talking about career development. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's it's something that I think about too because when you're in the tech market um, and you're, you know, there's a new uh, library. Or API coming out every other week that everybody needs to be in on, and if you're not, you know, writing against it, you don't know what you're doing. Um, so, you know, personal development is going to affect our future earnings in theory. So I don't know, boy, there's just so much to think about <laughs> yep. when you get into that, and especially after drinking a glass of quad beer. Yeah, I've I've sipped this very oh, very carefully. I have too, absolutely, <laughs> it does smell good. Still smells amazing. Actually, I would have to say, as much as oh, I love man. Abbott 12, this might be better. This is more, mm. I don't know, it's richer. It, maybe maybe it's just because I haven't had a quad in, in it could be. so long. Like, quads aren't usually summer beers. No, they're <laughs> like, not. It, it, luckily, it's overcast here. and It's not here. It's not like, that hot. It's like, it's like sunny and 89 or something oh, like wow. that. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, this isn't a great summer beer, but... Um, I would say this is an A. Yeah, this is an A. This is absolutely an A. This actually is probably unseating Abbott 12 is my favorite uh, quad. Although we have a quad in the in the pipes, coming down the pipes, which may... Quad in the pipes? That the... Uh, oh, on a future show. Future show. <laughs> I'm trying to figure... I was you should be able to translate home, what I'm saying by now. I'm like, well, are you <laughs> piping in quads now? <laughs> nice. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah, that's coming down uh, That's coming down the pikes, and it should be good. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. I have been ever since I sent it to you because of its <laughs> rarity. Um, so uh, you're going to rate this an A. What are, what are the beers have you had this week? Oh, I had, let's see. Let me bring up my list here. My grades sorted by date. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, with the umlaut, but Mango by uh, Clown Shoes. Oh. It is a Kolsch with natural mango flavors added to it. Weird. Really, really good. I've been um, looking very for light flavor. I've been looking for a similar beer to send you that's from a local brewery. It's been on my list of beers to buy for Gabe and I've it's every place is sold out. that's uh, mm. a it's a mango double IPA. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do, with mango added or it's, is it one of those It's mango that, added, so it adds this kind of like 
underlying fruitiness, but like a smoothness to it. Cause I don't mm-hmm. know. It's fantastic. I'd really like to, uh, I, I really enjoyed this Kolsch. Like, uh, it was very refreshing, but not like, um, you know, sometimes those lighter tasting beers will have a really unpalatable finish to them. They're a little, little sour, not, mm-hmm. not super flavorful. Uh, this was really a very nice Kolsch. I also had a raspberry ale from Dark Horse Brewing. Oh, yeah. I saw you very post good. that one. Um, both of those were only bees, so, but a bee is still a good beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bees good was, for you. Um, they, were still, they were still good. I probably would not get either of them again. As far as like if I was in a beer store, I'd probably look for something new rather than get one of these. Mm-hmm. And finally, Stone Farking Wheaton Woot Stout. Oh, I'm so jealous that you've been able to find yeah, that the, one. The, um, the Woot Stout, which is was really good. Very um, huge stout, like traditional stout right. flavor. Not super sweet, not bourbon barrel, like just a really good solid stout. I had uh, I had a smells like a safety meeting or maybe two of yesterday because <laughs> you, uh, you have a case. It was yeah. delicious. Uh, it not as um, not as weedy as I thought it would be, but still good. Um, very bitter. It reminded me of a dark horse um, like crooked tree, but way more bitter. Um, yeah. Which which is what you give it? I gave it an A minus. Yeah, that's what I gave it. Um, nice. The other beer is I said that you should look out for it, but then my wife actually opened both of them and then we drank them, uh, which was <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, screw you. sorry about that. Uh, is called Pine Drops uh, by Deschutes Brewery, which is their new. Uh, yeah, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, yeah it's I gave that a B plus. I like that one a lot. Um, I'd like to you know find more of that. Uh, the Fear of a Brett Planet that I mentioned, I gave that a B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. I think it's really the opposite of what we're drinking right now. It is a super refreshing light summer beer mm-hmm. that I probably am going to put a capper in this and, and have some of that. Um, and then I had one uh, by a brewery Omegong uh, called Calypso Hennepin, which was mm. kind of like their um, it's kind Calypso of like an, hops. Yeah, it's it was a herby herby kind of herbed saison. Yeah, um, hennepin. So, so they took their hennepin and they put calypso in it. Yeah, basically, um, okay. I, it was the end of their keg, so it wasn't. You know, no. it probably wasn't. It, I had the last probably of wasn't it. Wasn't the best. Yeah, probably wasn't the best. Um, <laughs> nice and chewy. Yeah, I gave it a C plus. I wasn't. Maybe it just seemed very kind of normal. Like it didn't have the zing of saison. Other beers at this point, which is sad because I was I really loved them. At, like when I first started getting into, um, yeah, me too. A couple of those styles, and so it's a, a little bit of a bummer for me that every time I have one, I have this like, oh, I'm gonna love this, and then it's like, eh, well, because it's I, okay, I, and it's likely that the beer hasn't changed, but our tastes have. Um, yeah, exactly. No, I think that's you. You nailed it. And but I do think that they they still kick out good beers. They they did that whole. I thought it was really strange, but that Game of Thrones series. Um, yeah. It turns out I really liked them. The ones I had, I thought were really, really good. Oh, yeah, I, I avoided them just because they seem like like they're cashing in uh, on a Game of Thrones yeah, thing. commercial disasters. Yeah, like, but of, they weren't. Like, um, let me see the which one which one I had. Um, I had one of them over the winter, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, which was a surprise. Like they just had it on tap at a local place, and I'm like, eh, I'll try it. You know, um, 
and I was pretty impressed. Um, but that was, you know, over the winter. So I don't know if they're still going to be around. Let me see which one I had. I'm looking it up in tap seller. Uh, it's called three eyed Raven. I gave it a B. Um, yeah, it was tasty. And they have five of them. That's interesting. Mm. Five Game of Thrones. A double, a Saison, a Stout, a Blonde Ale, and a Red Ale. So mm. the Saison, Saison was pretty darn decent. Um, but anyway. I'll, I'll keep an keep eye an out eye if out. I find them. And They're not as terrible as you think they'd be. Okay. So worth, worth checking out. <laughs> How's that for a recommendation? They're not, not as terrible as you'd think they would be. <laughs> that's, that was my... Uh, that should be on our... That was my eHarmony description. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. On that note, (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. See you.